Hello and welcome to the Team Medics Podcast. My name is Richard Warner. I'm a cardiology registrar, so I'm specialising in intervention. And I'm Imran Lasker, I'm a consultant radiologist, so I'm specialising in, I don't know, what do I do these days? MSK, money. MSK, yeah, yeah, games. money, yeah, definitely money. Games? No, I don't play games. You lot play games, games. man. Games, oh, yeah. I thought you said games. I don't know, mate. I can't remember the last I time I touched a PS at all. I still got yeah. PS3 downstairs. Three? Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and that is old school. That is old school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good to have the PSP Vita? Sorry, no, go oh, for it. Yeah, you, you, mean, you pretty much talked me into getting one. Yeah. And you were like, oh, it's so good. And I got it because, and then we played yeah. it on elective. And then when I yeah. got back, I touched it again. Really? But it was fun. Yeah, it, was fun. It, was a, it was a great little game, but a little game machine is like a little Game Boy, essentially. But. As phones yeah. got better and better, there was just literally no point in that thing no anymore. Just completely yeah. pointless. So, yeah. So, we better shout out our sponsors at SCRBS underscore UK. They put you in scrubs. So, they make really comfortable, practical, durable scrubs. And they are for all kinds of health professionals, doctors, nurses, allied health professionals, vets, dentists. It's, there's, there's uses for everyone because they are a delight to wear. Yeah, way better than the kind of hospital issued scrubs. Treat yourself and use our promo code, which is two medics, T W O M E D I C S 10, to get yourself 10% off. <laughs> Have you had any feedback about those? Because I saw a family friend bought some Did off it? the end of this party. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And they really loved it. They were like, oh, you know what? This actually. It's so much better because I think obviously it means that you can go into work a little bit later because you'd have to do that, that running around, look at the scrubs. They yeah. always fit you. Yeah. They're very comfortable. And like we said, the pockets. And so they were actually really positive. And they were like, okay. And they were joking and say, well, at least there's one good thing about knowing you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take my 10%. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. How you been through? What's been happening? I've been okay, man. So people are going to be wanting to hear from you because they haven't heard your voice in a while. So why don't you tell them what you've been up to? I don't know. Yeah, okay. If, in case you did wonder where I've been, I have been working a fair bit. Working on some interesting projects. One of them I was telling you through sure is a kind of a spell checker for reports, but it's geared towards medicine, but it can also generate reports itself. So that's been really interesting. The company mm. in San Francisco, I actually reached out to them because I was trying to figure out how to make reports better and realized a lot of reports have an issue with spelling and the way it comes across. And then I contacted Grammarly, which may, some of you may know of, but they weren't interested a really big company. And then I found a smaller version. Uh, and they were like, yeah, 100% on it. And then uh, it's been really yeah, fun right. just trying to work on that in the background, see if it goes anywhere. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And if it, the very least, I've got a program that I can use for my reports, which is very helpful for me. So yeah, it's, been, really, it's been really interesting. Because mm. in the last week, I came across two kind of videos of innovations. One was like a kind of where you could record a clip of yourself saying stuff in a language and then it would translate it to you as a video clip. And the AI would adjust your facial expression so that you were speaking in another language. It was That's really amazing. cool. It was really cool. <laughs> so there's this there's this woman who's trying to do, and she was like, "I want to see because she so she was speaking in English and she was like, I'll do it in Italian, mm. um, as in, and I'll do it in my version of Italian and see if the AI version similar to m- my translation. It was really cool, mm. and yeah, it generated her scary as well because it's essentially putting words in her mouth. So there's that. There's one I saw. And then I saw there was another discovery, I guess, in India. This woman who found a way of translating sign language. Mm. A person, they're using sign language and it like, they're written, it was recognized as 
hand movements and stuff and then do like subtitles and stuff and i was like this is amazing like i was obviously purely thinking about communication with patients but how much easier it'd be google translate is something that i've used a few times and it's been okay yeah but this I've is like very next good. level yeah. that, that's amazing isn't it because we might live in a situation because the next stage of that clearly would be like live translations with like little glasses on. And so yeah. people, you remember like in Star Trek and all that, they would have some, they used to make the excuse that everyone talks in English because, yeah. but that could be the future of where no one would even realize we're speaking different languages because you've got these Maybe. sort of live translators in your, in your eyes or something until you get someone who grunts and then, then they're a Tory. <laughs> Millions of like French teachers everywhere are like quaking in their boots. Um, <laughs> oh no. Are you doing, yeah, right. have you done Duolingo by any chance? Yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't done it. It's quite good. I've been enjoying it. So it's a way to learn the language. I think some Metroid yeah, people mentioned it and I thought I should try it. And so I've always wanted to learn Spanish. And then, yeah, I'm not saying I'm good at Spanish, but I definitely know a lot more Spanish than I did a few weeks oh, yeah? ago. Learning. And it Why gives a rundown of, no, I'm, I'm not, because I said I'm not even that good. Right. But like when I, when, you can't now say what something. Do, can you say, can I have a little sandwich? <laughs> no, I can't. Listen, it's different. It's different way to speak it on the spot. It's interesting because it'll play you in the beginning, it'll play you like phrases and you don't know what, right. what on earth they're saying. But as time goes on, you are starting to pick up words that you never picked really? up before. Like, oh, okay. What kind of phrases? Then, no, dude, I, I'm not going to go down the road. I'm not going to go down the road of trying to, because you have to say something really embarrassing. I, I went what? to the, I was in the park with the kids during the, during the um, summer holidays. And then I think some lady came up to me and goes, hey, we're doing this little park thing. Do you want to come along? I think I might have even tweeted about it. How I felt like, have I just joined a cult? What's just happened? Because I was like, hey, yeah, go on then, let's do it. And then we were walking around. It was like sort of nature walk, but it was sponsored by the borough or something. And they'd regularly go around this nature walk. But it, they were all very friendly. And one, a lot of them were actually Spanish. And then she goes, oh, she was speaking to her son in Spanish. And I was like, is that Spanish? They're like, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm learning that. And she goes, and she goes, oh, and she starts speaking to me in Spanish. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm rubbish. <laughs> when I said learning, it's very it's different from, uh, <laughs> yeah, like actually, yeah, I don't know anything. She just looks so disappointed, like, oh, yeah. And I felt like such a fraud. Yeah, it's another reason to be a fraud. Oh, mm. that's a shame. Your lingo has been very good. Yeah, soon. Oh, one day. That's good. One day. Yeah, one I day we'll hear you and you can like respond to me in Spanish <laughs> and I'll use AI or something. Yeah, exactly. To, to pretend that just as much. No, it's very cool. It's very cool. And my daughter, I actually, sorry, come back to it. My daughter's learning Spanish in school. I thought, why not let her use it too? She's been using it and she's only seven. But she does say it's helped her and she feels like it's helped her with her class and stuff like that. And it'll give me a little nudge up when she's gone a step ahead of me. So when I've got it, then it motivates you to go a step ahead and it becomes a little joke. But yeah, That's it's nice. good fun, man. And it's free as well. So why oh, not? I didn't know yeah. that. Well, yeah, yeah, it's free enough. with ads. And if you want to get rid of the ads, you give them some money. But if you can handle the ads, then why not? It's just a nice way to learn a language because our, our, our age is a bit difficult to actually sit down and learn something. But if you've got like a little phone app to just flick through for five minutes a day, it makes a big difference, I think, so far. We'll That's see. That's cool. Yeah. Getting on to the big topics. Really, at the moment, we're obviously in the midst of a strike. I didn't even notice. Are you striking today? Are you striking today? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess I, yeah, I guess I am. I am. Yeah, I must be. Yeah, I must be. I don't normally work today. You're supposed to be at work today. Yeah, so yeah, yeah I don't really work today. So it doesn't really, yeah, it doesn't really doesn't work. Yeah, does it? But yeah, I did notice like earlier in the week, I got an email saying, oh, just put on Dr. Lasker's list. And I thought, what do you mean put on? Put what on my list? What are you talking about? So emailed them back saying, listen, what are you, what are we talking about here? And they said, oh, there's like an emergency MSK ultrasound. I was like, listen, yeah. emergency <laughs> there's a reason I do what I do, right? 
And that's because there are no emergency right. ultrasounds. And they're like, no, but this emergency, they're saying it needs to be ward. I was like, okay, I, I, there is no such thing as an emergency ward required ultrasound. What on earth are you locked? And I thought, listen, and also it's Monday. Why on earth are you putting it on Friday? It can't be that much an emergency that it needs yeah, to be. Yeah. I, didn't, I forgot about the strikes. They're like, there's a strike this week, Dr. Laskin. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's why it's been pushed to Friday. Anyway, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Stick to my guns. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Mate, so I didn't work today and mm, so slacker. striking. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing though. Just having, obviously there are parts of it that are hard. The fact that I know that it'll dent my pay and stuff. Mm. But it means that like the stuff that you have to shoehorn into like your weekends or whatever to just like, try and sort out life admin. Today, mm. like I didn't even have to do that. Like I, today I went for a run during the day and then I went to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Like I worked out twice <laughs> today. Like and I, it's just so amazing to have the freedom yeah. to like do that. So that was quite cool. Are oh, you going to win your CCT and stuff and be able to appreciate your plan and all that kind of stuff? Mm. It is worth it at the end. I know it's a complete, that's why I always, I know people have different ideas. Like I saw Rohan tweet the other day saying, I always advise people to not rush. And I thought, no, nah, man, especially now, rush through, get through, get out and become your own boss as soon as possible. Because the way it is right now, I don't think I'd really, obviously we're going to talk about some of the subjects and I've only got a skewed idea of what may be going on because what we see on Twitter but even when things are not as bad, quotation mark, I want to be in and out as quickly as possible. And yeah. hence, I is either GP or, or radiology. There's three or five years. What's it going to be? And so, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know how you feel. But when people say, oh, take your time, don't rush. You're like, no, man, take your time at the end. Like, yeah. just get through it quickly. And then take the mic, take days off, manipulate job plans and stuff. Because uh, until then, you're under someone else's thumb for ages, right? But yeah, it's funny how you funny you should mention it. So I'm obviously I'm mm. in my last year now, right? So like mm. FPP next September, and I was doing like it was like Christmas Day working hours yesterday, and yeah. so I was on with she's an F two, and mm. she I was just like trying to find out like a little bit about her and stuff, and she said oh I went to UCL, and mm. then she made that kind of comment where there was an implication that we might have been at university at the same time, and I wish she hadn't done that. I wish she hadn't done that. <laughs> Because then I had to tell her that I was at uni from 2002 to 2008. And she looked at me like horror, like actual horror. Mm. And then yeah. I saw the look and I was like, how old were you in 2002? And she was like, oh, no. mate, she was four years old. Oh, no, come on. No way. <laughs> yeah, I started medical and she was four years old. And That's then amazing. it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> it's so horrible. There's no getting back. There's no getting back for me after that. I was like, oh my gosh, wow. Yeah. She's like, oh yeah. And then she was like, oh, I didn't think you'd be that old. Just kill me. Just kill me. Just kill yeah. Me. Anyway, yeah. We're gonna be forty yeah. soon. I am. I'm gonna be forty very soon. Yeah. Another decade. Are you gonna do yeah, anything it... nice? I'm actually going on holiday. I'm going to oh. Dubai. Uh, oh, you cool. know, quotation mark holiday, working holiday. Then if you guys know, but there are some companies that got stations out there and stuff. So I'm going to go check it out, just see what it's like. And then not for a long-term thing, but I thought it might be nice that if it does work out quite nicely, it could be like a regular place to go. If I've got nowhere else to go that year, then maybe I'll just go there and just, it'll be like a working holiday. I do some work, not all the time. And also just get to live somewhere different for a change. Yeah, I think that should be good. And that's going to be around my birth. So I purposely put it around my birthday time. So I hope it pans out because sometimes holidays can go wrong. I am. I Dubai, I know people have got very different views of Dubai and what it is and what it represents and stuff. But for me, it's just a very easy holiday and a very, on a very selfish level, it's just the easiest holiday because weather's good, 
food for me. I can eat everything. Uh, and then it's very friendly towards children. So I, I think the Emiratis themselves have lots of kids. And so they're just, it's just so easy. Like everything just so easy. Just turn up, dump your stuff, go to the beach, go somewhere nice, go swimming. It just, and then, and the food's great. So I like it a lot. It's been the first time in a long time because uh, I used to go there quite regularly. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. Maybe start yeah. doing some more traveling again. Because it's been a bit of a, yeah, it's been a weird few years, man. This pandemic and stuff, it's just all been a bit, it's all been a bit strange. So it'd be nice to get some sort of holidays going again. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds really good. That sounds really positive. Going back to something that's a lot less positive. We were, talk we were talking about the strikes, right? And mm, yes, there was like a really yeah. interesting article that generated a lot of conversation from Sean Linton, who's someone, mm -hmm. he's a health editor at the Sunday Times. And yeah. you see a lot of him, like he's tweeted a lot about kind of health matters, the strikes, that kind of thing. Mm. And he wrote an article. He didn't write the title, but it was, the title was, how should we say, like pointed to the very least, like it was primitive. Mm. How the BMA is being taken over by a secretive group of online trolls. Imagine mm -hmm. that. And they're referring to the doctor's vote group. Right? Yeah. And even the kind of subheading to the title, from keyboard warriors to the front line of doctor strikes, doctor's vote is hounding NHS star. It criticized. Hounding, okay. I know. Yeah, okay. It's really interesting. interesting. It was the article I thought in itself, I wouldn't say it was like completely balanced. <laughs> it did feel like a hit piece. It wasn't yeah. as strong as that title. That title is designed to get you a key to read. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you get a chance to read it or do you want I, I didn't get a chance to read it. I saw a lot of the reaction to it and things. And it just, I think when you see that and I saw his replies to it and all that kind of thing, you just feel like it's another one of the situations where there must be some people are a bit upset they don't have control anymore you know what i mean like they've got these particular views and um, it's not they don't feel that they're being represented if they're not being represented then no one's being represented as another one's classic situations of it's not me that's the problem it's you that you that's the problem and then um, we've seen i mean look at how brexit happened not me, when you actually look at the percentages it wasn't a huge percentage either way but they went with it but then when you get like a 98 percent majority voting for actions like, oh no but it's a, it's a very subset of people that have taken over the entire situation as they you can't argue with 98%. Anyone winning any sort of lottery or election or anything like that with those kind of numbers would be like leaping up and down and saying this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. I'm the best that's ever been. You see a lot of this. Did you see, I think he did a similar article. Was it him who did an article about during the doctor strike, some consultant we paid 3K? You see that? Like oh. for locum. And I could not fathom. Yeah, I was trying to do the calculation. I wasn't entirely sure how someone could do that. Unless they're like on a, you get these sort of non-resident on calls or you get paid a flat hourly fee for being at home, but you got to be ready to go in. That's the only percent potential. And maybe if you get called in a few times, that's the only way I could really think that someone could potentially make no. that kind of money in this game anyway, unless you're obviously the private sector is different, but not in the NHS, even as a look. How do you think mm -hmm. the article does end up is a complicated discussion because mm -hmm. I have to say that the doctors, the way they presented themselves has been far from perfect and that they've mm -hmm. been pretty opaque about the kind of uh, dealings and machinations and stuff. Mm. I think it was a bit unusual in his defense. And what he said later on is that I'm quoting what someone said. So from the article, he mm. says, one doctor replied saying, I actually love what Reddit has done to medicine in the UK. All we needed was mm. some anonymity to be able to openly discuss the issues and come up with actionable solutions to try and improve things. Really inspiring how a bunch of online trolls and inverted commas have come mm. in the space of a year or two. And I think we're maybe missing the point a little bit there, but to be honest, but what they have done, and consistently talking about it, what they have managed to do is harness that feeling of the pay has been un just unacceptable for 
long enough and people have had enough of that. But I'm not sure how the anonymity side has perfect, how that has necessarily helped in itself, like how you need to be anonymous to do that. But obviously that kind of stems from my kind of discomfort with the behavior of some of the anonymous people on Reddit and Twitter and how they behave. Yeah, I think it's more of a case of you get that situation where I won't say the person's name, but that we were, I think we were talking to a mutual friend or something, and then they were saying that they were drawing something bad on someone's back or something as a bit of a joke. And you know what they're doing is trying to push the boundary of acceptability. And if someone kicks up a big fuss, I say, oh, it was just a joke, chill out. I won't do it again kind of thing. But if everyone accepts it, they know, okay, so that's what the boundary is. And I think at some level, when you get these sort of anonymous comments, if you got, if you, if they say something, like you see all this stuff about IMGs, international medical graduates. And so they'll throw something out and for myself and yourself, you think, well, pretty rude what you're saying there. But if it gets lots of engagement, then someone else has said it. It's not me that said it. And then therefore it's pushed that boundary of, oh, I guess yeah. it's acceptable then to say it. So I think anonymity might actually be helping on some level because I think some extreme views will be pushed out there, which wouldn't be otherwise be pushed out there. And then people who remotely relate to it may feel more confident and emboldened. To, like, okay, clearly I'm not the only one who thinks that then. Let's talk. But the thing is, I... It, the the people will say, and I think they'll move forward saying that certain people have capitalized on the underlying feeling that pay hasn't been good and the work conditions haven't been good. But that's always been the case. We've all, I think we've all felt like that. We didn't need to say yeah. it. We've all felt like that for absolutely years and years. And I think we all felt like we didn't do enough or we were completely let down by the last of our strikes. The fact that we went through all that effort and then things weren't really that better. We still couldn't afford you know, anything more than we used to or even just afford the things that we used to be able to afford. And so I just, I think that there is, yeah, there's capitalization on the feeling that's already there and it's been there for a long time. And I probably, when it comes to pay anyway, I think it deserves to come out. I think it deserves, that is a fight worth fighting for. Because otherwise I don't, I've said this before, what is the point in the job? And I know people try and keep giving all this, oh, you got to enjoy it. And if you enjoy your work, then you won't work a day in your life and all that kind of stuff. But no, ultimately it's so that you can pay for your life, whatever that life that may be. And if your job is not paying for the life that you want, then it's no longer a job, is it? It's, it's just a waste of time. And so that's what they, I feel like I'm a bit worried about when it comes to medicine is that as you look at things, and maybe I'm seeing it from a skewed version because of social media, it does feel like it's becoming more and more of a waste of time unless something is done quite drastically with regards to pay or conditions or something. I, I don't know. What do you think? I think ultimately... The, the amount of money that has been lost from strike, the, the strike action that's happened so far would have been enough to pay what we're asking for. Then it becomes, and accepting that and knowing that there are going to be more strike and that that's not a position that's changed. 98% of doctors have voted in favor of continuing to do it. Mm. Just like you can see in interviews with Steve Barkley, where he was saying, when he was asked, are you trying to meet with the BMA? And he and pretty much said, long lines of no, because we're not going to make them any more often. Well, mm. then that's a political decision, isn't it? I, there is, yeah. They've decided we're going to lose face if we do meet. And with that in mind, the, the money is, is, you can choose to spend it one way or the other. And mm. obviously, it would make most sense. We're not worth less than we were to pay up. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, if it's not a monetary thing, it's a principle thing. And the principle is that doctors shouldn't get paid. Doctors should be here and they should not be get paid that much. And interestingly, in a, an email chain that I saw recently, 
people talking about going to the picket line, the consultant talking about it, and then some consultant pipes up and says, I think you guys need to get off your high horse and understand that some people get paid less. And I was like, what has that got to do with that? Yeah. I'm not saying that because that person gets paid less, they should stay that. You, you should be thinking along like, we should all get paid more. No one yeah. should be left behind in this situation. And then I think some of the other people are trying to make a bit of a joke about it. Like, oh, mate, what subspecialty do you do? <laughs> you, know, they, you must be doing pretty well. And then um, someone else goes, I, I agree with them. And I fully expect a more fictitious remarks about my pay, carry on or something like that. And just, you know what? Those kind of personalities, I, I was very close to replying, okay, fair enough. Now I know who you are. I'd love to see your public donations of any extra money that we do get moving forwards. Because essentially you're saying that you've got enough and anything else would be wrong, right? So therefore, when you do something right with it, any sort of pay rise that you get, go for it and show us. Because I suspect you're going to start, you're going to sit on it just like the rest of them. So you guys do all the fighting and I'm going to look like the good guy or good girl or whatever. And then you, and then when the pay rise comes, I'll pocket it. It, it doesn't make sense. Do one or the other or something, or, or just don't pipe up at all. Just know where you're not part of that fight and, and, and leave it. But yeah, it's How a very different position. Gone. Gone. How great do you, good for you, mate. You've got yeah. yours. Nice one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you can almost tell straight away, like where, where on the spectrum of career they must be to come back yeah. with something like that. They're not going to be like me or you through here. They're, they're going to be quite far away along who's, yeah, who's, who's had the good times. But I, you can't, yeah. I, I just think that, I think at some point, the thing is, if let's say nothing changed, nothing changed about the job, and the only thing that changed was that we're getting, all getting paid more, quite well actually, then we'd probably be happy doing our, doing our work. Because at least there'd be some compensation for the negativity and the badness and stuff. And you see that with bankers and stuff. They work horrendous hours. Yeah, fine, they're dressed nice and go to nice places. But their working conditions are really tough. Like they barely sleep when it goes to a deal. But they get paid so much that it actually makes it all right. They're like, yeah, fine, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. But this profession, it seems like it doesn't really have that. And that's why I struggle to really... So when someone asks me, like, oh, should I do it? I think, yeah, you can still do it. It's a, it's, I think it's a good job. But I think you really got to know what you're doing it for and why you're doing it. And yeah. my worry is always when someone just meanders along and never really thinks about what it is that makes them happy. And when they get to the end, realize they're still unhappy because the thing that they were working so hard to get to was never going to give them the answers. It was never going to give them the life that they wanted. It was never going to be that. And this is the worry that I think medicine has. And, and, and on some level, I don't think it's worth it. If you're just going to meander in, it's not worth it. You've got to know what you're going for. Otherwise, yeah, what's the point? It's stuck like the rest of us. Moving, yeah. moving us on, though. So there was like, mm. there was a photo. Fo- Rishi Sunak is obviously trying to eat. Yeah. There are a few things to say about him today. But like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, he's been the big dog. Actually, maybe I shouldn't say big dog because he might ban himself. No, go for it. Yes. Would he? The thing is that, <laughs> so he's taken a few, amongst other things, there are these photo opportunities that he took at. He was at North Devon District Hospital. Yeah. And all yeah, the photos yeah. of him, none of them have. It doesn't look like there are any doctors in there. There might be, but I don't there are. And there's some select pictures. And it mm. did make me think. So that was a tweet. Someone said, Joe Walsh said, not a single doctor in sight. And when asked, he said, look, making a presumption that no doctor would be willing to be photographed smiling alongside Rishi Sunak. And that's what I thought. So if he came to Basildon Hospital mm. and he's just, and he's wandering in the department and mm. you're in your room and you get like a knock, I just say, Rishi's. <laughs> What are you going to do, man? Are you going to say, what's well, like the chief executive's there? And he's like, Imran. Man, I'd be very year. polite. I, th- I think I'd just be like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, cool. Would yeah, you take a photo on. next then? I don't know, man. Would you maybe. do a thumb up? Just a sh- you- yeah, maybe yeah, i do a little peace sign, put my arm around him. <laughs> <laughs> How much are you going to pay me? How much am I being paid for this? 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, you keep opening those diagnostic centers. I think it's a great idea. We should get more scans. That's a great idea. You just carry on <laughs> because more scans are coming. Yeah, I just, I don't know what I'd do. I, I think, I don't know. It's difficult because there's a, there's a whole part of you that wants to be that person to stand up and be like, hey, you're doing things wrong. You're doing all these things, yeah. but also your place in that situation. I've got middle way. You've got a job. Go on. You, you tell me. I want to know. Go I'm on. really sorry. <laughs> just get straight face. Yeah. If you can try and look a little bit pained and strained, right? Mm. And with that expression on, you go, I'm really sorry. I've got diarrhea. And that's all you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. I've got diarrhea. And yeah. that's it, man. Game over. Maybe I just close the door and say you can't leave until the work is done. <laughs> like, that, like that other tweet. Did you see that one? Oh, God. Yeah, nice. <laughs> there was this tweet about, yeah. So it was about it were discharge summaries in A&E. And there were, I think there was one particular casualty that I think clearly they're trying to, I think there's a situation here. They've got a problem, right? They've got a problem. Okay, let's just, let's just start with the problem. The problem is that discharge summaries are not being done. They can't get the patients out. And maybe the discharge summaries aren't as good quality as they could be. There are ways of dealing with this and there are ways of not dealing with this. And you right. think these things are quite obvious. Like, okay, there's, there's some ways that you, you don't deal with it. But the, the way they said was essentially that unless you do it, you're not allowed to leave. Which is what, amazing. Illegal. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I feel like I should read it out because so the tweet was yeah. on September the 15th. It was by Ben White. And he goes, yeah. and there's some red as well. It goes, because, of, because all of this is basic stuff, nice stuff, mm. which you guys should be doing anyways. Anyways. And <laughs> as they were reiterated in the induction, as a matter of patient safety and quality of care, I've decided mm. to take following actions. That's some red. No one will be allowed to leave the department <laughs> until they have done their coding and a proper. In capital letters, <laughs> deeply left of patients who have left the department. The coding will become the responsibility of the doctor taking over the case. That's, that's down to money, though, isn't it? So yeah. please check if CPD is related enough. Any gaps in this will be feedback to your clinical and educational supervisor to put a note in your portfolio, God's sake. <laughs> Not also, the portfolio, please. Oh, yeah, go on. <laughs> but interestingly, they also said, I'll be randomly checking the documentation for each of you by pulling out the CAS card. They'll include thoroughness. So that's like confidentiality and stuff as well. What's that got to do with you doing stuff? They just, that's thing, this is what I mean. There's a way of doing it. And it, as if, and then the other way, like when you see Homer, I think there was one episode where I think he fell down this hill and he just kept hitting every single rock on the way down. This is literally right. one of those, that I could do everything wrong and just hit every single rock on the way down. And this person did it. It's just like, wow, you can, as in, if you said to, if I said through, I want you to write a horrendous reaction to this. I don't think I'd be as good as this. This is talent. This is a talent on another level. <laughs> Do you think this is unbelievable? Like some of the stuff they're coming out with. Imagine yeah, like, it's yeah. Go on. Type all that, and then you're gonna send. You're gonna click send. Like how? What kind of? How must you view your kind of your the colleagues who are taking through the department to send them something like that and be like, "This is for me." We see this. We what about the IMG one? Do you see that one where they said, okay, well, you're allowed to strike, but if you strike too many days or have uh, too many days of absence, then it may affect your visa. Affect your visa. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> do you see the one, I should do the one, don't talk to medical students. There's a guy who like, so there's a tweet, it's amazing. It's a tweet from Dr. Gr Drew, because one of my consultant mm. supervisors as a med student repeatedly didn't fill out my end of placement review. When I finally mm. managed to track him down, he said, I never saw it. I have an email filter. 
sending all emails from medical students to a folder I don't read. <laughs> imagine the brazen. Well, I imagine Stephen Barclay's emails probably that every junior doctor's like, yeah, filtered out, not talking to you, not talking to you, all silence. There's no problems here. We're going to just carry on. Speaking of silencing, there was something you put on about ITN. Do you remember that? It was, I always find it weird when you have these kind of news corporations and something comes out about the news corporation. So for example, someone comes out with some news about ITN. What does ITN do? Do they start reporting on themselves for a while until that kind of blows over? Because you see the BBC do that all the time, don't they? Oh, there's mounting pressure on BBC news executives. You're talking about yourself. You're literally talking about the person who's, whose office yeah. is down the road. They said, oh, we've got no, you don't know, we don't have any news. I don't know. Knock on the door and ask them. It's not exactly doing rocket science here. But yeah, there was an article in The Spectator and it was essentially talking about ITN news and some of the bullying and harassment and that kind of thing. And I think it's quite interesting, actually, because there's been a lot of this stuff coming out within medicine as well. I think Roshana has been doing some fantastic work on the subject of, of harassment of female surgeons, which makes things like, yeah, it just makes you wonder. Yeah, it just makes you wonder, would you, I don't know how people do that. I don't know how people take it, do it, carry on all that stuff. It just, yeah, it's just not nice, is it? But obviously this yeah. week there's all that stuff about Russell Brand, right? Do you see the mm -hmm. kind of, you see the video that he did where there were kind of rumors that like a big comedian is going to be outed for something. And they weren't sure who it was. And then Russell Brand came out with this video and he's like, the the mainstream media had to get me. And he was watching it. I was like, really? What for? Like, what are they going to get you for? Like, how are you a threat to anyone? You don't look like, you look like the least threatening looking thing ever. And then, though, you find out that he's actually, the allegations are that he's an absolute monster. And then, but there are people who are being like, oh, but like, how much are women getting paid to come forward to say stuff about him? And I'm like, how much could they be getting paid to make it worse? The awful things that they've been through. Like what, like, yeah. how does that make any, oh, they're like, oh, he could be innocent. There's literally, how many, look at how, how many people, I'm sorry, but I think I saw uh, Kalechi, she made a point about something in a different scenario, but she was, look at all that smoke. Are you telling us that there's no fire? Look at mm. all that smoke. But there are people who are like twisting themselves in knots to defend this guy. But what? you know what? It's very interesting because ages ago, I don't, maybe I did send it, I don't know, because on TikTok, they had this little thing going around where they were doing like a rap beat, but like telling a really funny story. And um, when this came out, it reminded me of this TikTok from ages ago. I'm talking like months and months, maybe even a year ago or more. And um, this girl was doing like a rap story, but explaining something that was just completely out of this world that happened to her. And I'll, I'll send it to you later, actually. Essentially, it was about Russell Brandt and um, oh. some relationship things that had happened. And it, the whole thing did sound a little bit bizarre. Nah, that, that can't have happened. You know what I mean? And she's joking about it, but you think, what kind of person would do that? That sounds a bit strange. And when all this stuff came out about him, I remembered that TikTok and I thought, oh yeah, it did cross my mind. That was weird. But yeah. at the time I didn't take it seriously. I'm like, how much do you really believe? And all yeah. that kind of stuff. But now this happens. Oh, maybe she wasn't just rapping for the sake of Maybe she was, maybe this guy's something to worry about. I don't know. Yeah. And, the thing was, is, uh, yeah. when, I, when it came on, like it was on Dispatches, wasn't it? And Jay was watching. Mm. And she said, he was always a creep. Like he was always so obviously a creep. And I remember thinking... And that, it just shows, it really highlights like my like own like male privilege that kind of, mm. I just thought he was a funny kind of clown. And mm. I was but, like, I, I was like, trying to think about it. What kind of category did I put him in my head? Like, where was he? Because I remember thinking other people who have a kind of 
slightly kooky shtick. Tim Minchin or mm. Noel Fielding, who, ha- who have Definitely, that. Definitely, yeah. It's a different vibe. And I remember mm. just putting Russell Brand into that character ca- uh, category, although I have to say that I hadn't really followed any of this weird veering to the right where he was talking about conspiracy things stuff mm. in like recent years i think when he started to talk about his reawakening and stuff i just rapidly lost interest <laughs> yeah. he just sounded yeah. really scary like there are people who are really afraid to come forward and stuff mm-hmm. and so gross i hope yeah it's awful karma i hate karma guys. yeah yeah but this is the thing it just seems to be i think yeah we've said it before that you you wish you can un- you i wish you could look back and say that there's no way that something like this could go on for so long without anyone saying anything but unfortunately, even in the sort of mini spheres that we roll in, i.e. medical sphere, you can definitely see how someone can manipulate the situation to be able to get away with whatever they're trying to oh, get to. Oh, yeah. Let absolutely. alone being a famous celebrity with lots of money. Big companies are making huge amounts from your gigs and you being out there. Of course, they're going to make sure that you're okay and get what you need and get what you want and completely stay under wraps and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a, yeah, it's one of those kind of really sad sad unfortunate situations of life really where i think people uh there's all where there's where there's places for people to gain they're taking advantage of it right you know just covering up and ignoring um certain things um could say a story but i might get in trouble so let's leave that let's leave that That'd be okay. um yeah go on Bethan also linked in this really good article i'd really recommend reading it was by mm. laura barton and it was on the it's mm. in the guard it's in the guard on the 16th of september and reading it it's really, it's, the author describes how painful it was to write because she described how her interactions with someone that kind of started to follow her through Twitter and started to like different tweets that she said. And then mm. as time gone on, interacted more. And yeah. basically then started to DM her with like really innocuous, banal stuff. And then started to turn up to like events that she was at. And again, oh, just no in, just has like really, in, but like, invading her sphere but in this kind of way that makes it very difficult for you to rebuff them which is Mm. i thought was really interesting because basically at one point she decides she understandably sets some boundaries and i think he then as in he just stops replying to this guy's messages and then he goes off the rails as something different he starts to involve himself in other conversations that she's having on social media and then goes off on something that she said and then basically just behaves like a complete and utter stalker mm-hmm. like awful human being and it reminds although this is probably like a terrible comparison but it reminds me a bit of like charity muggers like when you walk down the street and then there are these people who will be like hello how are you and they will they cut through they basically rely on you being polite and not wanting to be offensive and be like, why are you talking to me? I know exactly why you're talking to me, but you're talking, you're creating this other kind of situation, curating this kind of a situation where we can have an interaction where I'll be forced to be polite to you so that you can then string me into this conversation about giving you money. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that person's behavior to her on social media was similar to that because he's basically wading in with innocuous stuff knowing that if she was to set up a boundary early on, you'd be like, wait, why, why are you completely overreacting or whatever? And then mm. it, then I think when she was talking about it, in retrospect, you can see how incredibly manipulative this person was mm. and how, in retrospect, 
his intentions she would have i think she could you could tell from her kind of discomfort that she knew what his intentions were at the beginning as well but she couldn't say that you're supposed to be giving these people the benefit of the doubt right yeah why should they and it's just i think it's amazing how manipulators operate it's scary isn't it but I think it's that over-familiarity that I think we all may seem to feel when you find someone on the internet that you remotely relate to and you think, I think celebrities must feel this a lot, isn't it? Where people become over-familiar thinking like they're friends and stuff like that. You don't actually know them. You don't really know what's going on. Not to, I guess, we're bringing Russell Brand, like there are some people who genuinely like him and think genuinely, find him funny, really, they would love to hang out with him. He's great laugh and stuff like that. And so this is completely at odds to that yeah. entire all this stuff is completely out of thoughts. And so that's why it's so difficult. Because it, I guess it, I can only imagine it's akin to feeling like you're, but someone, say you have a best mate and then they, someone says they've done something wrong. It's like, well, nah, they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. Not, my, not that guy. That's a really, yeah, that's a really interesting point because there's a comedian who kind of spoke out against Russell Brand and he pretty mm. much used that example. He said, there was a really good friend of mine who, and I say, hand on my heart, in retrospect, there were the warning signs and I should have dealt mm. with it then, but I didn't because mm. I thought this is a really good friend. Why would it happen? And then he get, and he says, and then he rapes one of, one of our best friends. And, oh and he said, there's no, we need to be calling it out. And it's no good saying if it's one out of 10 of us that's a rapist and the nine out of nine, the other nine of us do nothing and just think mm. by doing nothing that somehow is helpful. It's not. And it's mm. uh, uh, is it David or Daniel Sloss is for the comedian. And mm. um, I think it's really great because I think one of the things, a recurrent theme that had been said about Russell Brand was that he's incredibly libelous, apparently. And so we have to say mm. allegedly a lot. The whole thing, so, our entire podcast allegedly. So yeah, yeah exactly. just so that so knows. Yeah. And, and just like how afraid and it just shows how like how much power these people can have. Yeah, exactly. That. I'm surprised. Obviously, I haven't said too much about my own training, but I think, yeah, obviously I, I had a terrible time training uh, during my training and stuff. And it, it did also culminate in the situation where essentially I was going to lose my training number and stuff. And it was one of those situations where, I'm not saying this is the same thing at all, by the way, I, these allegations on another level, I'm just trying to relate on some level that sometimes people are making moves that are just way too advanced for you to and it only makes sense when you look back only makes sense i think yeah at one point i had to go through my portfolio or something and then it started like some of the lines are adding up like oh god i was always there yeah that has always been at me of course i've never noticed i never noticed and so i think this is one of those situations where if you're not playing this game then you're not going to be even aware that a game's being played right yeah, so totally. allegedly it's someone like Russell Brown has been playing the game for a long time and well, yeah, getting so away with it. It's interesting that yeah. you use the phrase people are making moves and you only really realize what they're doing till after. Because mm. so another example is Drew Barrymore continuing to yes. work by the kind of writer's strike. And mm. then she did this video and I watched the video and it sounds like she's making an apology and she cries and she seems really sincere and whatever. And then you can see the analysis of it and I'm like, whoa. And they're like, well, look at the different things, that she, the decisions she's made in making this video. This is like a She's a, a very wealthy actress who lives in like a kind of mansion. And look at the mm. room that she's chosen to be in, like the smallest kind of most kind of bare room mm. in the house. She's not wearing any makeup. And then they're basically like, and you can see the way that she's talking, but it's been scripted. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And <laughs> it just shows like how manipulative. There are people who are like trying to steer the narrative and how easy it is to get sucked into it if you're not. So these people, it's so You know. Sorry, girl. But I'm just saying like with 
I think it's, it didn't Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis get into trouble yeah, recently as well. Yeah, similar then, situation. Exactly. Yeah. And I remember thinking uh, and not really picking up on that, just being like, I mm. don't see why. Because to me, when you're do, like when you're saying an apology, I just don't get it. I it just didn't really. I just saw it at face value. Oh, they're doing an apology. I wasn't really sure what it was on, and mm. or whatever. I just thought it was some celebrity bullshit. So I didn't watch it. But most of it is celebrity bullshit. But I, the thing about this stuff is that the the reason why I guess I relate to it, not relate to it, but um, is it is important to know is that same with politicians. These, for want of a better phrase, what is acting? Is is they're just very good liars, right? So. They could be acting. They could just be acting over the scene, as far as you're aware. That's what they're doing. And so, when you've got all that money behind you and all that kind of stuff, they've got people around them telling them, like, "Look, this is going to go down badly. Your show might go out the window, and you need to. We need to think about very carefully about what we're going to do." So, with Drew Barrymore's one, like, I, I don't know if you saw, like, recently, I think Mark Zuckerberg had an interview, and his video setup was absolutely amazing. Is that one of the most, yeah. I still remember like how good, because I do a little bit of camera work these days. Like you could just see that this is a professional job. Like he looks at it, he, the lighting's perfect. The background's perfect. The blurring's perfect. With this one, like you said, for someone with that kind of background and that kind of deep pockets, they just did it on a webcam and really played it up and stuff. There's a lot of subtleties that happen when they do this kind of stuff. And I tend to be, I'm, pro- I'm probably a bit too harsh on these celebrities and actors and stuff. I never really believe anything they say, yeah, yeah, whatever. Just you keep making your money and that kind of thing. That's someone else that you don't really want to believe anything they say is Rishi Sunak again, saying he's going to roll back on some of the things that they were going to do. But it turns out, was it? They were going to, they were, they're the not going to tax me through sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say it's so interesting that obviously Twitter's changed to X, which I, but I can't really bring myself to call it X. And mm. There's some things like the functionality of it and stuff just seems less good these days, but I don't know, maybe that's just me. But one thing that I do appreciate, though, is when you see a tweet and then they have the kind of like rating yes. where it might say... Yeah, read his context, no? But yeah, and like he, he has like all these promises and it's like none of these things are actual like planned policies. And then you, yeah. everyone's just like, look, how can you come out and say this stuff and knowing full well that it's just a complete lie? It's just like, what is the end game here? Are they just so incompetent? Or are they hoping that nobody no, will fact check anything? Job. I think it's one of those things that a good friend of mine told me that at work, always try and make it look like you're doing them a favor. Just always make it look like you're doing them a favor because otherwise they will take advantage of whoever you are, what you're like and all that kind of thing. So like, for example, if they say, oh, we need some work done. And then you'll always say, oh, I don't have much time, but, but I'll do it. But actually in oh, reality, you want to do that extra bit of work because you get paid eventually. All this kind of stuff. Yeah. And so you always make it look like they're doing a favor. And I think oh. this is another one of the situations where I think Rishi Sunak and co are trying to make it look like they've done every, like they've done a good thing. But in reality, they've done nothing. But the, you can't just come out and say you've done nothing. The same way a politician can never turn around and say, I made a mistake. I, I should have known better. I, I did the wrong thing. Like even, what's her name? Liz. Yeah, Liz Truss. She's still going on about how it's not really a fault. And it's, yeah, but. You, I think the entire for the for eternity, people are going to look back at that particular situation where you're the shortest serving, is in term not in height but in terms of time, <laughs> prime minister, and how everything went out the window even more they were going to over a shorter period of time again in time not the height, and then um, she is just gonna, but she's still going on. She's still as if like she's amazing. She still oh, yeah, rabbit yeah. on like she's an amazing just person, and she's even written a book and you know, all this yeah. stuff. Like, come on, honestly, just. <laughs> Yeah, be careful of. Um, yeah, 
it's just yeah it look make it look like you're doing something when you're not doing something is one of the big things that someone told me at work and i i definitely see that i, I don't know if you've seen that but some people are phenomenal at this yeah, making yeah, sure. doing loads of things but they're doing very yeah, little sure. indeed in the background look uh, like yeah. speaking i mean there are a few other kind of topics that i think might be quite relatable to that and um, yeah. i was hoping to get get in so there's a tweet from go, for, go for it but it says when i get some rare time to devote to making videos i'm enthused excited passionate the higher I've mm. risen in medicine, the more the things about the job that made me feel like I've been extinguished. Now mm. it feels like all I do is admin. I'm not sure I'm doing mm. this right. And he's talking about being clinical lead. And he goes, one PA for yeah. clinical lead is turning out to be a sick joke. I'm finding dealing with all the complaints, most of which are totally understandable, the most draining. But I know I don't have it that bad compared to some. I think for anyone who's become, actually through you, you're going to hopefully finish soon. And you might find yourself in a situation where you start a new job and someone says to you, you know what, Thrusha, you should take this lead role. You should take this management role. And you think, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, this is so great. And then you may even joke with your friends that, oh, it's so brilliant. I've just started this job and now I've become such and such. But the truth is, mate, nothing comes for free and they're dumping on you. That's what's going on. And I would highly recommend that if you're a junior doctor, a junior consultant coming into a new job, do not take any roles. There's a reason why that role is coming to you so quickly. It's not because you're amazing. It's because you're there. <laughs> that's it. That's all it is. And someone's trying to dump that role. Maybe it's my paranoid self, but I just don't see the point in any of this kind of thing. And so I think I was actually offered some sort of role. Oh, what was it again? And they were like, yeah, you'll get two PAs back. It's really great. But when I looked into it, I realized this is going to take way more than two PAs. These are like meetings in the evenings and then like phone calls and emails and all that kind of thing. And I know my part, uh, work maybe is not everyone's cup of tea because essentially I'm a nobody when it comes to any of these kind of roles. But the point is that you, you really got to wonder like, why would you be a new consultant and then suddenly become the clinical director? Like, why? How does that happen? Surely you should know about, and maybe I'm not saying anything about Rowan, maybe he's very good and they just thought this guy's amazing. He needs to be the clinical director, director. But the vast majority of us are going to be new. We're going to be not really knowing the system, don't know anyone, don't know the right people to talk to. These roles don't come out of nowhere for no reason, man. Yeah, I, I never, I would highly recommend that you do not, because this is what happens. One PA turns into 10, and then you don't have time for doing any things that you actually want to do. And what you actually want to do is the things that you enjoy. Yeah, why work this long and then end up doing more stuff that you don't like, personally? But yeah, maybe that's my consultant quirk, Thrusha. Have you noticed any consultant oh, okay. quirks? <laughs> so Ben, like he tweets this week, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Go on. Do you think, do you have... Any others? Do you, as in, I think though, I think in, in this tweet, it refers to something that's picked up on by the junior doctors though, isn't it? Like little things. What is? Like, oh, so ben, Ben's tweet. So Ben says, after work drinks, the SHOs and FY1s were laughing about different consultants, all having certain quirks, whims, pedantries, things that juniors just have to cater for, adapt on ward rounds. I asked what my thing was and they pretended they didn't know and couldn't remember. What do you think? Yeah. Well, do you think you have any? When you have yeah, I suspect that I talk about work very little when someone a junior is with me. Like work is just not. They're probably sitting there with me to learn about meniscal tears and, <laughs> and rotator cuffs and all that. But I would rather talk about absolutely everything else. Like, oh, oh why are you doing this? Why you ever wonder why that happens? And uh, what's your motivation behind that? Does that really make you happy though? And all this kind of stuff. And I'm sure they hate me for it. But I'm just so intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm asking myself that question all the time. Like, why am I doing this? 
why am I doing this? Is this where I want to be? Is Am I happy here? Should I be doing something else? That kind of thing. And I guess that spills over. And I reckon that would be, if you did ask my juniors and the registrars, like, what's Imran like at work? I'm sure they'd say something like, yeah, we don't actually learn from much radiology for him. In truth, we just learn about what he thinks about <laughs> life. life and where we should be going, et cetera. Okay. Yeah. How about you, man? What's your quirk? I imagine you like orange squash or something. You have orange to have soda. orange squash. <laughs> I'm like, I am quite pedantic. I'm quite pedantic about details. I don't like stuff. I like stuff to, I don't like the idea that something might, that I've written might be like misconstrued or misread. For example, mm. I don't like it when people write like day seven or something, because I'm like, if they forget to update that one day, then it will be out of date. Just say over the weekend, someone does a math wrong and it's like day nine, but it's actually day eight. And that upsets me a little bit. So I'm like, no, write the date of the thing that you're doing it from and don't have that. Hmm. And anything that's like obsolete. I don't I mm. like I don't like it, which is really weird. But I really don't, I find it like vexes me somewhat, and I shouldn't care. Some reason I do. And oh my god, I am so pedantic. Actually, it's really annoying. It must be really annoying to work because I'm like, no, <laughs> you have to say it this way, not that way, and stuff. And I can imagine the thing is, I reckon the thing that he suggests, I guess, in this tweet mm. is that you don't always realize that you think it's like, yeah. and then everyone yeah, else is like, yeah, Darusha, it's such a whack job. What is that about? Um, <laughs> and you don't realize you think, no, oh, this is normal. Like everyone's doing it. And yeah. That's one of the key. But like, he goes, I asked what my thing was and they pretended they didn't know. I think that he must have something and we just never found. Yeah, out he must have something, but they want to tell him. <laughs> Interesting, Darusha, and I was doing this on a teaching course recently. Do you remember when we did the comedy course yeah. and one of the things that they did was because we know there's the first session, we never met anyone. We don't know who anyone is. And they made us switch off our, our mic and just made people look at us and talk about what they thought we were, who we were, where we oh. came from, just invent a backstory about us. Yeah. And that was the first time in my life I'd ever heard anyone's first impression of what they think of me when they see me. Yeah. Don't you think? And it was really eye-opening because, and actually it's a very common thing. Like when nowadays when I watch a comedian, and they say something like, oh, I know I look like this. I know I come across like this. Like you laugh because it's such an accurate mm. statement about who they are. You think, man, that's so funny. You do look like that. And it's because they've been through that same exercise at some point in their life where someone has, who doesn't know them has, um, has had to tell them what they think. Do they come across like someone is going to say this, say that? And I, I pulled that across into my teaching because with Oskis and Vivers, I think that a lot of that is how you come across the way you look. So I, I'm just trying to get them to try and think to themselves, do you think that you look like someone's going to pass when you walk in the room? Does it look like, do you think that you're going to, you look like the kind of person's going to come in, everyone's going to take seriously? Because we, we all know what that per kind of person looks like. And I'm, I'm not saying you've got to be like that your entire life. I'm just saying you've got to be like that for that exam because you've got a high chance of getting through. Then someone who comes in timid, nervous, looks like they're about to get hit by a bus or something, right? And I think that's a very interesting exercise and shows what were you again? Someone said that. Someone said something very nice about you, Thrush. What was that? Do you remember? Should I put what? it online? I think I've got recordings of all these. What? Someone said you look like Ryan Reynolds or something. No? What? Something no. along those lines. Yeah, there was something that someone said that. Yeah, he's got a nice smile. Looks a bit like the actor, Ryan Reynolds. And yeah, you look like you could be quite. Yeah, I remember that. Oh. It was uncomfortable, right? Do you <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> well, I'll take it. I'll yeah. Take it. We yeah. are coming up close to time, and there are a few funny topics I wanted to get in. But before we yeah, do, go on. let's look, yeah. I never say that we can't be educational. And there is something yes, that I on. think people should remember, which is a tweet from Phil Berry. I've just retweeted it. Because I, I okay. A lot of these, we have to thank Bessin because a lot of these topics 
to talk about today have all been put in phenomenal literally her work rate is so (laughs) bonkers i used to think i was really fastidious of looking up what goes on twitter bethan's literally Mm -hmm. like 40 topics and it's made like all really interesting varied things and just (laughs) goes to show what an interesting varied and multifaceted person she is she put in this tweet from phil berry that says who was quoting a a talk by peter duffy a whistleblower in the nhs and Mm -hmm. he gives some advice i think it's really important for people to take away he says this is some advice for younger NHS staff who want to reveal unsafe conditions. So one, keep careful records on your personal computer because they'll wipe your email. Mm. Two, don't go alone. Be part of a group. So like finding a mentor is important. But then he also mm. goes on to say, trust nobody. They'll run away when you're going against tough. <laughs> it goes, and there are a few other bits of advice here. Don't expect to be thanked. Don't expect an acknowledgement. Don't expect change to occur. Don't expect to be supported. Don't expect mm. psychological safety. Expect the opposite of everything you're told and believed to be right. I mean, kind of sad as well. Why put a damper on things? Yeah, sorry. Anyway, but, no, we, we've, got a few, <laughs> we've got a few other. Oh, well, here's some more bits of advice before we go through some like, more lighthearted things. They go so don't go to any meeting that has no agenda. Ask if you can take a trusted colleague or union rep. Walk out of the meeting if it turns towards disciplinary or fitness to practice, and ask for mm. the meeting to be recorded and minutes taken. Mm. Okay, That's some good advice actually. It is, yeah. yeah. So I thought people should take that. Yeah, I had, I had some, I had a question for you about yeah, how do you see you... fish? Yes, how do you see the <laughs> fish, mate? You... <laughs> you know what? There's, I don't know if you know, but I work closely with a company called Collective Minds Radiology, which is like oh, an yeah. online bank of like cases. But they've got another version which is for vets. Okay. So when you log oh, into that one, right. you can get to see loads of really cool like X-rays oh, and CTs and MRIs of like cats and dogs and right. see what. You know, these lesions and there's one, I think there was like a, a renal stone in a hippo. Like, man, that's amazing. It's wow. amazing. The legs are all the wrong. It's just, it's so funny. I mean, not it's funny for the hippo, but I mean, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We just, he's grunting a lot. We don't have the translation glasses. We need to get, stick him in the scanner. That was funny. So there was an art, there was a photo of a fish on a sponge going through a CT scan. Which is, yeah, sounds like comfortable, man. We should try and be more comfortable. I wouldn't mind sitting in a, on a sponge. In a wet sponge? That doesn't sound that comfortable. Be like lying dumb. on a beach or something, just thinking of something like that. I had to have an MRI scan recently and it, it wasn't you? the nicest thing. Yeah, I remember I, I'd, I'd done my back in doing, um, oh, got yeah. a slip disc. I got a scan on it and it, I, yeah, I've got to say, getting an MRI scan is not the most comfortable thing in the world. Did you get music played mm. to you? Or did... No, I just lay there and they didn't even offer. Yeah, oh, they didn't God. offer. Wow. They probably they knew, knew I was. Radiologist? Were they not like? Yeah, that? exactly. But that's why they didn't offer. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, yeah. We know who he is. Don't give music. Don't give this on music. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this guy. He always says yes. Yeah. <laughs> Plays and podcast at him. No. <laughs> You'd love it. You'd love it. And there was yes. another tweet that I thought was interesting, which kind of went over phrases around the world for that's brilliant i love that yeah go on yeah go on yeah let the monkey out the sleeve go on yeah the monkey out the sleeve is i think that's one that's dutch but it's basically the version of the cat is out of the bag but in the czech republic the bunny is out of the hat yeah pigeon falls out of your mouth romanian the turtle's feet have appeared taiwanese that's a good one (laughs) can you think of any do you know like a bengali one no i don't i'm always the one who doesn't know about bengali stuff these days yeah, sorry. I think the other day I had a, a Bengali mate come up to me and said, bro, what's your favorite fish? Fuck. And I thought, that's, alive or... I think what's my favorite fish? Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, what fish do you like to eat? And I was like, I don't know, like cod or something. And he was like, his face dropped. as bro, uh... are you even Bengali? Are you in Bengali anymore? How could you come? T- how could you turn around and say you like cod? 
cod. And he went and told another Bengali. He just said he likes cod. And they're like, cod? Who likes cod? It's meant to be one of the like Bengalis love fish. So there's loads of different fish. Roy, Roy Mas and Ilish Mas and Shutki and all these things. There's loads of this stuff. Right. The thing is, my sister was allergic to fish. Fish at home, even if you wanted to. I never got accustomed to the whole world of Bengali fish. So to me, genuinely, fish and chips was the thing, man. I like cod. But yeah, apparently that makes me not bring Bengali. I don't know these phrases. Sorry, man. Do you have one? Slanka, yeah, Tam wants to have something good, no? Yeah, like fish is supposed to be like a big thing. I never really liked fish. I think I had a weird... Oh, no. I had a fish finger that had a bone in it, and then that gave me trust issues. And then I... <laughs> yeah, every time that, Captain's oh, Bird's oh. eyes, I don't trust you. I don't yeah, trust I don't you. Trust Captain Bird's eyes let me down. Yeah, and there was like an ongoing joke that I'd like fish to have no bones, no skin on it, no fish in it. And essentially, I wouldn't eat it. If someone asked me now, though, what my favorite fish is, I still don't like it that much. I quite like Barza, Philip, because they taste okay. like chicken. They have a consistency, and it's the least fish-like fish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if I had to pick one. But uh, you must know a Bengali phrase, surely. No. What? Only, I what only know some phrases say? that could be probably most likely from a Bollywood film that is not a nice thing to say, so I'll, I won't even say it. Those are the only ones that spring to mind, but I genuinely, I don't know any... I can speak Bengali, understand Bengali That's pretty well, actually. Me. Yeah, but when it comes to things like that, no, man, no, no any no. cultural references. There is no, no culture, no culture there anymore. Yeah, it's all gone. It's all I, gone. It's all gone. It's I, all can't gone. Co- I can't claim <laughs> to be very cultured, but I do know my dad sometimes says, slowly catch the monkey, but I don't know if that's English language. What, what does he mean by that? If you're like careful and, uh, 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 and you can catch a monkey. <laughs> right, that's how oh, you do I did not know. No, there you go. That's some life experience right there. Yeah, for my dad, well, there you go. That should be the name of the episode. Slowly catch the monkey. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, Imran, who knows yes. when they're going to hear from you again? No, Leave them... Well, you, you say that, but the other day I took a referral, then I got a tweet, a DM tweet. Thanks for taking my referral. <laughs> and I thought, uh, okay, cool, man. <laughs> nice. You hear from me every now and again so, on the other end of the phone. Why don't yeah. you leave them with some advice or some... Oh, no advice. Yeah. Get more sleep. Get more sleep. <laughs> stretch. stretch. Yeah, stretch and get more sleep. That's what you yeah. need to do. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so anyway, much cool, for man. recording with me. Uh, thanks for having me, man, well, on the, my own podcast. Okay, podcast. All right, see you later. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Have a great week. Okay, see you. Strike hard. Bye. Bye. Strike.